Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Lines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at nine games on a Wednesday night here, Nate, in the NBA. In this one, we're taking a look at the Grizz and the Cavs. Last night was really looking forward to hitting over 222.5 on this one. That has been raised up a bunch, uh, so we'll take a look at what we are thinking in this one. Also, I want you to like and subscribe to that page so you can check out the other game video and our player props that we're bringing you each and every weekday this season. I also want to let you know we do have a special episode coming up with Mark Medina from NBA.com. He wrote uh, a survey uh, where he surveyed 30 different media members uh, and wrote an article on the results of what they think is going to happen the rest of the season. We're going to compare that to the betting odds markets that you have available for these futures, uh, sort of a special mid-season futures award episode involving Mark Medina. So make sure you check that out. Also head to thelines.com. Everything we talk about there is going to be up on thelines.com. And you can use that odds finder tool to make sure you're getting the best juice back from these U.S. sports books who are offering you guys bets on the NBA this season. Nate, let's get into this nine game slate and then talk Grizz and Cavs. Yeah, we start with the Knicks looking to stay hot, minus six and a half at home against the Wizards, who might get Bradley Beal back. The other game we break down, the Hawks are plus two and a half at Dallas. Luka's expected to return after a one-game absence. Hornets minus two and a half at the Rockets. The Pacers are plus four at the Thunder. Uh, this game, yeah, you mentioned it, it's seen some movement for sure. Uh, up to 228.5 in Memphis. The Grizz are up to minus 7.5. It was 6.5 or so uh, when it opened. Miami's minus 3 at the Pelicans, who are still without Zion and Ingram, of course. And Clippers on a back-to-back here, plus 5.5 in Utah. The Wolves plus 8 at Denver, uh, which continue, which won a 14th straight at home and is on a back-to-back here. And then the Kings are minus 4 at the Lakers. LeBron is listed as questionable. But his props are up, so he seems to be good to go. Um, yeah, I mean, 222.5 is where this total opened in Memphis. And the way the Grizzlies have been scoring lately, you're all over that. Uh, because it really doesn't matter who they're playing. If it's going to be that low, you expect Memphis to get about 120. At home, they're averaging 125 in this 10-game heater. Uh, they had They went under in the first three of those games and then they've gone over in seven straight since getting the free throw line at a high clip defensive rating is good um but actually slightly higher at home and the thing i mean really is the pace which is nearly 104 possessions per game uh which has helped them go over even though they're still playing elite defense uh jaron jackson jr is the defensive player of the year as we stand today he is um helping them deny you know Number one two-point defense at home, fourth in paint points, and uh, they're also been limiting three-pointers at home. And and Cleveland's coming into this one without Donovan Mitchell, which is, of course, scary when you think about their offensive potential. But I think in this matchup, it's actually not as big a deal because the one thing Memphis is vulnerable to and, and that other teams are able to tag them a little bit is they have the highest assist-to-field goal ratio in the league, uh, you so you can't really go one on one. You can't give Triple J time to uh, to to tee up your shot if you're going to play out of the post or something. And without Donnie, Cleveland has posted a very high uh, assist to turnover ratio, uh, very high assist to field goal ratio. And actually, the, you also want to look at the the location for this, of course, because at home Cleveland went under at a way higher clip last year. Games were way more low scoring. 
But in their opener last year, actually, in Memphis, 101 pace, uh, 243 was the combined total. They had 38 assists on 48 on 47 field goals and, and hung in the game despite getting crushed on the boards. Also, on the other end, you know, both these teams limit pain points, but Ja had 37 on 16 for 25 inside the arc. So Ja's able to get his. Cleveland was able to get uh, points even without Donovan Mitchell because, of course, they didn't have him last year uh, by just sharing the ball and spreading it around. And that's kind of the trend we saw. They're they're two and three without Donnie, but they have shown um, some some potential, including against Denver in a very similar spot here a week ago or so, uh, posting a thirty to six assist to turnover ratio. That game went to two twenty nine because Denver, of course, is going to score one twenty at home. We feel like Memphis, of course, is going to score one twenty, uh, but it was only played at an eighty eight pace, which you know Denver's happy to slow it down and play half court ball with you. Memphis is is going to push that issue, and they've been able to at home, like I said, with a 103.8 pace in their last six home games. Uh, Cleveland's defense is worse on the road, of course. Um, and I, so I think at 228, it's right on the line of what you feel comfortable betting and over. Uh, I, I definitely wouldn't feel comfortable taking an under the way Memphis is playing right now. They could totally accelerate and, and get out of here uh, with a big win. Um, but I like Memphis to win regardless. And, and I think if you want to tease it back to where it was closer to the opener, you know, 224 is the over along with Memphis minus three. That's great. Um, or, or just taking Memphis on the spread because I think it's similar to Denver in, in terms of just like bank on them at home, bank on them to score 120, which is exactly what you were saying yesterday against Portland. And sure enough, another double digit win. And I think Cleveland's kind of punting this game. They've alternated between wins and losses. Six of their last seven have been on the road. Resting Donnie before they go home-home against the Warriors-Bucks later this week. I don't mm-hmm. think that we see a, an outstanding effort from Cleveland, but I think we'll see enough offense to hopefully keep this one close. Yeah, I mean, I think for, for Memphis um... – they're they're just they're they're showing out to be you know hang in there with, with Denver and it's not just being atop the West. I also just mean in the variety of ways that they can score. Obviously, everything's led by Ja, but when Desmond Bain was out um, and, and they were missing a, a few guys here and there throughout the course of like the last month and a half, uh, they were really just a one-dimensional team. It was Ja get in the lane and either go up or kick it back out for three. And as a result, their three-point percentage really suffered. Um, their ability to crash the offensive boards suffered because it's just four dudes standing outside the paint while Ja does his thing. Uh, Steven Adams wasn't really even able to do much. He was either picking from the top, right, screening for, for Ja, and then not able to get back down and get rebounds and um, and the reason I bring that up is just because with the dynamicism that you add when you have, you know, Desmond Bain in there, someone who can also uh, play make, but obviously a lethal three point shooter. Um, but like I said, someone you are actually worried about to step inside the paint as well. Um, you also allow guys to crash the boards and boards are so important. Cleveland dominates them, but Memphis does as well. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of Steven Adams in this game. Uh, when, when you look at the way that they're scoring um, at home percentage points, you know, from fast break, I, I was kind of hoping maybe Cleveland didn't get back on defense as well to help our over. 
that's not true. They get back to the tune of limiting the seventh least, um, you know, uh, fast break points for their opponent. Um, and then same thing for points in the paint. We know how much they both sort of, you know, enjoy feasting and dominating down there. Um, but I think what you said also really makes a lot of sense of why you can expect points in this one. Once again, adding Desmond Bain in there when he is in there, they actually do add up uh, a few more assists per game this season, as opposed to when he's out. And, and there's a pretty good sample size of, of him being out this season, missing roughly 16 games. Um, but the, the percentage of their field goals that are assisted, that's the dynamicism I'm talking about as well. Like you have the ability to move the ball around. It's not just jaw drive and kick and hope there's a wide open three after one or two passes and that's that's your ball movement now you have a lot more uh guys cutting and and getting into the paint and moving out of the paint etc and that's why they've got you know one of the the higher uh percentages of their field goals being made after getting an assist uh and and that's like what you said exactly in terms of keeping this uh cleveland team on its toes if donnie was in this game like i would just lock it up it would just be like cool donnie versus uh ja go you know and darius garland and desmond bain each add 20 to 25 and we're easily over 228 in whatever you really even want to talk about. Um, Donnie being out is obviously hurts their offense a bit, but obviously Darius Garland also steps up, scores six more points a game, doesn't really hurt his percentages, keeps a really efficient pace there, and then continues to get you know 10-plus assists a game as well in, in those situations. So he still keeps the offense moving, um, and, and there are two big guys that can match up maybe pretty well with Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr., but right now that is the best defensive duo down low uh, that we can find, as you said, with the way Triple J is playing. So some of the things scare me about the over here because of the fact that, um, you know, these teams limit what the other one does so well on offense and and really for, for most importantly, what Memphis does on offense, even though they're going absolutely bananas right now. So I think what I'm getting myself to is, yeah, I, I'd really like a, a Memphis. To, I'd like Memphis to win this game. I do like them to kind of at least, you know, pull away a bit in the fourth quarter. Um, and I would be looking to, to probably parlay this with one of the other nine games and just take a money line in this one. Um, I know it's it it's feels a little bit fishy, but I think with nine games tonight there's a couple other games i feel really really comfortable about each team uh at least pulling out a w without needing to necessarily cover uh and, and including uh that uh p- the pacers and uh thunder game that i'm just loving this thunder team i hope everyone is watching what they're doing they're at home against the halibaby list uh indiana pacers team so that that right there is already a nice little parlay that gets you uh, above even money if you like taking uh if you like adding the thunder but memphis to win for sure uh just eight is starting to get a little bit high uh for me against a cleveland team that plays such good defense yeah, but I am most worried about the Cleveland offense without Donnie uh, with their 30% three-point shooting in their last three games here. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're struggling defensively in the third quarter, which I think is another angle you can look at here in terms of live betting Memphis. Um, if they don't get off to a hot start, they're leading the league in third quarter points, and they're totally just hitting the gas and pulling away from teams, sometimes literally, in terms of uh, actually getting out to the open floor and, and scoring in, in transition. Um, so I think Memphis should pull away. I, I do look at the schedule and think Cleveland might might be punting this game to a degree. Yeah. I mean, certainly if it gets out of hand. So, yeah, eight points is generally not my my cup of tea uh, in terms of taking taking a favorite. But Memphis is winning at home by an average of 12 points per game now on the season, 14-7. and seven. Against the spread, uh, covering by six points per game. They've also dominated the East East Conference uh, going back to last season, and they're thirteen and four against the East this year. So I I I think I'm I'm a little concerned about Cleveland coming along to get us over, but I do th- I agree with you that Memphis is absolutely going to win. So that's why there's different options to just 
uh, get some juice on that. And if you're going to parlay with another game, why not our, our, the other game we talk about and see why we like Dallas at home? Yeah, that would get you even even better money there for sure. Um, but as I'm also just looking at what the Cavs are, you know, the the Grizz are doing at home, I think some of the games that they fail to cover, you know, at home as of late, where they're beating, you know, a team like the Spurs by eight, a team by the uh, like the Jazz by five, um, the Kings by ten at home. Like when they're playing the Pellies and the Kings and the Suns, a team I think they all they they really enjoy crushing uh, all three of those, you know, especially the Pellies and the Suns. Um, I think you can expect that same level of effort from them against the Cavs they've got two days off first until they play at the Lakers that I'm sure they're not worried about but mostly excited about uh obviously there's a big road trip for them coming up Suns Kings Warriors Timberwolves after the Lake Show um but they've got some a decent enough amount of rest that I think they're they're happy to like you said pull away in the third quarter the way they did against the Suns last game um and, and you know potentially you know I'm starting to feel a little bit better about eight points as I'm looking at this as well because like you said I could see the Cavs folding uh pretty early and making sure that they're ready to take on the Bucks and the Warriors at home and win both those games so so dallas lost four of the last five uh all on the road including two back-to-back in portland where they they really just folded uh luca dealing with some ankle soreness and wasn't really himself in that first game took an early seat and then they just sat him on the second night of the back-to-back so right away you can kind of throw those aside as like an anomaly in terms of they gave up at least 17 threes in both games they just they didn't have their offense. And they might be having some guys back here as they start this homestand. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green are questionable to return. Uh, still no Kleba, and, and Hardaway Jr. might be out. But they're just so much better at home. First and foremost, I mean, 16-6 and six straight up, 16-4 and four as favorites versus 1-9 and nine as road dogs. Um, and they score a little bit more at home. Actually hit fewer threes, though, and... Their defense is eight points better per 100 possessions. So right away at 234, I'm glad I haven't seen much movement on that because I'm I'm all aboard the under there. Atlanta's actually number one in defensive efficiency in their last three. Take that with a grain of salt with their competition, but number one in three-point defense. And they've both been a, you know, at times a top five, top 10, three-point D team this year and the worst offensively three-point shooting team. So that's generally going to help you go under when you don't have a barrage of threes here. Um, And the pace Dallas likes to play with at home, of course, pretty slow. The last two meetings between these teams have averaged just 208. uh, And Luca and Trey both have struggled in the high-profile matchup, if you want. I don't necessarily expect that to continue at all, but that's that's really besides the point. It's just the, the supporting cast the margins you need to have an, an offensive outburst from Dallas uh, is a lot of threes. And that just hasn't been the case lately against Atlanta, or it, it, I don't think it'll be the case based on how Atlanta's playing defense right now. Clint Capella coming back tonight helps their defense big time. And while Dallas has a good offensive rating recently at home, you look at some of these hard-nosed Eastern Conference teams they played a 97 rating against Boston, 102 against Cleveland, 109 against Milwaukee. Uh, and they've only scored 98 points per game these last two against Atlanta. So under either way, I think one of these teams will struggle. I do think Dallas wins, though. Um, so I would actually feel pretty good about a parlay, either spread or money line with the under uh, and Dallas to win. Uh, or you might want to look at another game this on the slate and just parlay one of those results. 
Yeah, which I know we were talking about a little bit in that uh, Memphis video. Yeah, I mean, for, for this one, uh, starting with Atlanta's, you know, being a little bit better as of late. I, I mean, I'm not going to trust them. I'm, I'm sure, I'm not sure. You know, the last couple of seasons, they've had random eight game win streaks where they start rattling off some W's and, you know, they're in the midst of, of a pretty good stretch right now. As you mentioned, they won four of their last five. Three of those were on the road. The three on the road where they had all those efficiencies and stuff like, you know, you already kind of pre- pre- set me up to say they beat Indiana with no Halliburton, Toronto, um, who's been better on offense as of late uh, in the last like four games or so, scoring over 125. Um, and then the Clippers, who we know are awful on offense. Um, all of those offenses suck, really. Um, and even really you know in their last uh roughly seven games where they've gone under uh in five of those there's been some pretty high totals but that's what we have today which i'm happy to say 233 and a half is very hard 232 and a half depending where you find it still very high um the offenses that they have been playing going under against uh are all you know basically the clippers the heat and the bucks are all on the bottom seven in terms of offensive efficiency then you got the pacers and the uh, lakers all in the middle of the pack in toronto as well um the sack game went under because uh even though sack is the best offense in their third best offense in the league uh because even though it hit 237 it was still seven points under that 244 and a half total which is what we're seeing in those kangs game as you mentioned when you're reading those lines um yes their games are averaging about uh t- you know uh 238 on the road right now for the season are the hawks um where in, even in in those uh, last seven games that i was just talking about they're averaging 238 allowing the fo- fourth most points in the paint but dallas is dead last in that they allow the most fast break points dallas is also dead last in that uh and then they have like you said even in the last roughly uh for the entire season actually they have the six best uh opponent three-point percentage because they're just really you know sort of selling out there they have capella back so they can sell out a little bit more their defensive rating is four points per 100 better when he's in which is something that i think they've been missing as well they finally got him back last game and and that helped them win big time for sure um so i think you know even though they've gone over on the road their games are averaging pretty high on the road uh this is a situation where there's not going to be nearly as many points with the way that they defend what dallas does dallas doesn't get up and down um i'm really worried about the for for dallas to score i would be massively worried about them getting you know too many points without tim hardaway jr in the lineup um i know he's he's such a hit or miss player that you know it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world when he's not in he's not always the most helpful when he is in but when he is hitting um then you're you're in a much different place and obviously we know what dallas does when they win they hit a bunch more threes uh than when they lose because of the way that they need to win and when when tim hardaway jr has been off the floor uh in their last 15 games you know he's been on a hot streak and when he's on the court um they you know they're making about 11 threes a game when he's off the court um they're making about five threes a game so between he's he's basically the third most important uh, offensive right, player five right threes now. Three's a game. That must. Be, you mean per? No, no. F- five threes when he's on the court in the okay, game. Okay. So when well, he during well, his okay. minutes, which is thirty, you know, which is about thirty-eight minutes, or excuse me, uh, the basically the seventeen minutes that he's off the court during the game, they yeah. make five threes at that time. Uh, and when he's on the court for the roughly thirty-seven minutes that he's playing, they're making eleven threes during that time, right? Yeah. So basically, they're just their three pointers made and their three point percentage when he's on the floor skyrockets versus when he's off the floor, and he's playing about thirty-eight. minutes it's a game so you know he, he's on there for, for a ton and that's so crucial to what they do uh the assists also go up when he's on the floor because of the fact that you know Luca's finally getting someone to finish the passes that he's making to them to get them wide open um so I think he's just become way too important to what Dallas's offense is this season when you don't have guys like Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith who have missed just so much time uh even Dwight Powell like you're you're, you're really looking for other guys to score outside of Luca, Spencer Dinwiddie and the and, you know the occasional really good uh Christian Wood game Tim Hardaway Jr. is just as important as Christian 
Christian Wood right now. And without him, uh, I think this offense is going to be pretty stifled. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Hardaway is kind of the anomaly, the flamethrower off the bench that, that can that can change things or when he starts, whatever. Uh, Wood, I mean, is having more than just the occasional good game, though. He's been on quite a heater lately. And both him and Bullock coming around offensively, but that seems to have you know ins- inspired them to play better defense. And you look at what Dallas has done. Before those Portland games, you talk about the Clippers being a bad offense. Well, they held the Clippers to 101, still impressive even against a bad offense. And then we were all over the under against the Lakers, a team that you know was the last time the Hawks went over when when they played the Lakers because of their pace. Uh, and then they still go under with the Lakers in double overtime. So I think if you really toss aside those Blazers games as just as just a total anomaly for Dallas, uh, you say they're starting to play the same type of defense we saw last year, where they were top five defense, where they were incredible at home and played at the slowest pace in the NBA at home. Um, driving unders, and they do get a little bit of a rest break here, and they're six and three to the under on two plus days off, uh, going under by six points per game. So, I, I, I mean, Atlanta also struggles down the stretch to score. We've talked about in a lot of games here, and if there are some new guys coming back like DFS and Capella, neither of those guys are like instant offense, like gonna fit right in. Um, so I worry about that in terms of the chemistry. And I worry about both John Collins and Christian Wood going up against each other, like a little bit of cancellation, uh, that they're pretty good matchups. I don't think either of them is going to have a huge offensive game going against each other. And therefore, uh, I don't think we're going to see a lot of uh, points back and forth. Yeah, so- solid matchup for the under. Uh, do like Dallas to, to potentially pull it out, but even like I've been saying, the, the lack of Tim Hardaway Jr. scares me in what I think that they can do on offense. Um, still, two and a half is a pretty small spread. We'll see if Atlanta can continue any kind of uh, you know efficiency on defense at home, but either way, I don't think they're going to need it quite as much with the slow, slow pace that I think we can expect in this one. So You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right into your first player prop here, Nate. We've got a guy named Chris Stepps, Porzingis. Yeah, Bradley Beal, it sounds like, might return tonight from that hamstring injury, and I think that's why we're getting the zinger at 20 and a half points instead of where it probably should be at least 21, 22. He's averaging 23 Point three in his last nine, along with eight boards. You do get plus odds on eight and a half boards if you're interested in juicing it. But I think it's the points is a safer bet here um, against the Knicks team that, of course, he he was drafted by, and he'd add twenty one and four against them uh, just a five six days ago here, and only shot six for nineteen from the floor, but did hit four threes. The Knicks in their last three here, given up an above average 53 rebounds, a 118 defensive rating. They've been surprisingly high scoring in, in basically every matchup. 
uh, as Brunson and Randall just continue to to eat. Um, so I think there'll be some back and forth action here. Might might go over 222, and it's the idea that Beal is going to limit Porzingis' usage. I think yeah, we've seen a little bit of a drop off from like 26 to 23 percent usage, but the efficiency has gone up with Bradley Beal out there in his last two. He has 23 points per game, nine and a half rebounds per game against really tough interior defenses, Milwaukee and Philly. Um, so if you're worried about the Knicks being that they, they limit paint points, I understand, but he's shown that he can score on this team. I mean, the time before that, uh, since joining Washington, 29 points, rebounds in 29 minutes, uh, a 23-12 game the previous time with Dallas. So. Uh, I think he's getting over 20 points here tonight, whether or not Beal plays. Yeah, I mean, I'm good with it. Uh, when he's been pl- healthy and playing this season, that's what he's doing. That's why the last nine have looked so good. He's He's been in the lineup those time, the, the whole time. So, um, yeah, another maybe mini revenge factor. Either way, seems to like playing uh, the Knicks since he left them. So I would I would agree with that. And like you said, Knicks, Knicks playing at a much better or much faster uh, pace anyway, especially since RJ's been back in the last roughly like four games. So I think that's that's contributing to that increase in pace. Um, moving on to a guy named Triple J, probably at least Nate's right now pick for Defensive Player of the Year, as he mentioned in that Grizzlies video where we talk about them versus the Cavs. Um, 21 and a half points and rebounds tonight for him. That's on DK at minus 120. Uh, also always looking at those blocks. Two and a half blocks is plus 125 on DK. If you want to add a steal to that, make it three and a half stocks. Uh, that does take it down a bit to plus, uh, you know, plus uh, 105 there. But it is uh, a little bit more likely to just, it gives you a little bit more leeway to add the steals as well but during this 10 game win streak for this memphis grizzlies team he is averaging uh, about 18 a game and eight boards gets you well over his pr there his points and rebounds he's also averaging close to four blocks in that time frame um which gets you over the two and a half blocks either way so i mean these these props are set up with some pretty good odds for you to hit them based on the way he's been playing as they've been winning and the thing is he's only playing about 28 minutes a game uh and they haven't needed him very much uh down the stretch as they pull after they pull away in these third quarters as you also pointed out in the video uh 22 percent usage rate but a plus 118 over the course of that 10 game streak in his 27 uh, about 278 minutes if you will uh that he's played plus 118 is very very good for that amount of time uh last four versus cleveland 17 points a game with about a 25 percent usage rate so he's getting a, f- a bit more shots up um the rebounds will come yet he, ha- he has struggled a bit but you know you look at his defensive rebound rate this year up from 17 to 19 percent um and his personal efficiency rating as well up from 17 to 24 this year so he's been much much more efficient not turning the ball over which really helps um and, and putting up you know those rebounds uh to get a few more second chance points so i think it's just a good opportunity for him in a game that I think we do like points, um, but we do like a little bit more pace than you might consider for the Cavs as well with Memphis and the way they're playing at home. Uh, so I think there's the opportunity for, for stats for sure. It's a game where we like Memphis to win for sure and for Memphis to put up points uh, True. And, and Triple J being the catalyst on both ends. I mean, he's just he's taking such a leap this year. Uh, I don't think he's my pick for defensive player of the year. He is the objective pick at this point. He's blocking Apologies. 11% of all two pointers that the other team takes, uh, which is just utterly absurd. I think he has like three, three plus blocks in like seven of the last eight or something. So uh, for, for that to be plus 125, even though it might not be the, the most ideal matchup for him to pile up blocks. Uh, I think, yeah, you jump on those odds. Um, DeMontis Sabonis in, at the Lakers here in a game with a 246 total. You can call this guy like Ben Simmons on steroids right now, the way he puts up uh, his numbers. And 
Maybe you want to take 22 and a half rebounds assists. Uh, I mean, he's the leading rebounder in the league. Um, num- at number one in, in terms of rebounds per game, in terms of defensive rebounding rate. It's a Lakers team that plays at an insane pace at home. He had 10 of the 21 defensive rebounds when uh, they hosted the Lakers a couple weeks ago. And that, that they only had 21 defensive rebounds because the Lakers shot an impossible 61% from the floor. Uh, that's just not going to happen again. There's going to be more available rebounds. Uh, and in his last 10 road games, Sabonis averaging nearly 14 boards and nearly 21 points, which is where your PR bet is here. Points, rebounds, over 35 and a half is where I would go. In his first matchup with the Lakers this season, I mean, he had a little bit of foul trouble, still went for 21, 10, and 6. And then the last two, he's averaging 19 points, 16.5 boards, and 9.5 assists. Again, even though the Lakers had a crazy shooting night that last time out. Uh, By the way, he came back with 25 points on a 27% usage rate. So it's not like the Lakers playing more Thomas Bryant or Wendian Gabriel has been a tough one for Sabonis. and, and like I said, yeah, the rebounds and assists, just a constant triple-double threat. You're not even getting very good odds on the triple-double in a win for Sabonis. I, I did check that, and that's that's just not not worth it. But I think he's very good bet here for 22.5 rebounds and assists uh, in a game that just should be up and down and, and played at a high pace. Yeah, I mean, I think if you take rebounds – uh, and throw it into whatever you you want with him. Uh, you should feel pretty good about it. They're obviously very very high um, at about fifteen and a half, right, or so for for or fourteen and a half, depending where you find it. Just for him to get that, but like, yeah, I mean, for him to get two more rebounds, let's say, than his his average on the season, doesn't feel like it's impossible against a team where, like you said, the Lakers are just playing at a, a pace where they're going to be scoring a, close to two seventy every time they're playing at home with a team that can keep up with them. And even against the the Rockets the other night, a team that couldn't really keep up with them, still scoring a, a ton, a ton of points to get close to 240 and over. But um, either way, yeah, Sabonis uh, should be an all-star, in my opinion. It's pretty crowded, but uh, the 36 PR for him is, feels like a pretty good bet, even though it's, you know, it's, it's high, but it is a really, really good odds for him so i think like i said adding rebounds to anything that you take with him tonight feels pretty good so uh let's close thing out close this one out nate with a guy that's been super hot josh g'day uh on the oklahoma city thunder have been on a tear as well as of late uh and they get the pacers at home tonight 33 and a half points rebounds and assists not the best odds i could find there is minus 125 you can also get 35 and a half pra if you go to FanDuel and get it down to about minus 113 and i think i'm going to forego the juice and just take him to get the 34 total pra um just because you know there's also a blowout factor in this one in my opinion if, if the thunder continue to play offense the way they they have uh, a Halliburton list Indiana Pacers team might not be able to keep up with them quite as much, but um, Giddy in his last four, 23, 10 and eight uh, gets you well over that 33 and a half uh, playing 34 minutes a game with 28% usage. That's up about 5% from his 23% usage on the season. It's actually why he's had a slight decrease in assists over his last four, to be honest with you, even though he's ha- at about that eight a game, there's been a couple in there where he only had like three or two assists. Um, but this is a team uh, Indiana that allows the fourth most assists per game uh, in their last 10 and the third most assists per game to point guards on the season. Um, so I think there's some opportunity for Giddy to just continue to, to, to play at this torrid pace that he is playing really alongside Shea in a way that, you know, he's really complimentary now and, and putting up some pretty nice uh, rebounding numbers that are getting him some second chance points as he's about 10 boards a game in his last uh, four, like I said. So, um, yeah, just a really good opportunity and a good spot against a, a Indiana team that might be faltering until they get Halliburton back. 
Yeah, you say alongside Shea, and really it's been the counter for OKC is, as other teams, you know, kind of since Miami kind of played the dropback zone and limited Shea, he's gone under 29 points in three of his last four, the exception being against the Maxi Harden backcourt that he just roasted. Um, so under 29.5 points is scary against a team that, that's, that plays pretty poor defense on the road, but I think you can, you can kind of take the same angle by saying over on Gide. Because the Thunder, when when they get the ball out of his hands, then the Thunder just start playing through Giddy, and and they start moving it around. And we saw some explosions, including a 150 on the Celtics, even with SGA out of the lineup, because Giddy has been that kind of catalyst. Yeah, 100. percent Yeah, with him in an offense, he can pretty much create that instant offense. He's so freaking tall, gets those rebounds, and then just starts the break, uh, which is huge. So love him tonight. Continue to follow along with us, like and subscribe to that page. Check out our uh, episode coming up with Mark Medina about those future awards and his great article surveying the media about what they think is going to happen this season. So until we see you next, happy betting. Slow down, slow down.